Hi, and welcome to the Future of Development podcast. My name's Anthony Montategi, and I'm here to inspire people to find amazing careers in the construction development world. like our podcast, please make sure you hit the subscribe button down below. If you really like our podcast, make sure you hit the little bell. Hi, and welcome to the Future Development Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Montategi, and today I'm joined by my really great friend, Justin Keenan. Justin is a technology guru. In the restaurant industry, there is no better. He brings both insight, technology together, bringing both people and processes, making it a lot easier to operate. Justin is the director of IT consulting at the Datum Technology Group. He's also the current director of information at the Miranda Group, a multi-level brand restaurant group that is exploding all throughout California. His work is amazing. I love sitting down with him. He brings me great joy and a lot of fun when we have these conversations. With that, let's give a big warm welcome to my friend, Justin Keenan. Well, Justin, thanks for coming to the show. I'm really excited to have you on here. And as we talk about the digital transformation of restaurants uh, and where this environment's going, uh, you know, before we get into all that, let's just take a minute and say, uh, tell a little bit, everybody a little bit more about your role for the company and what you do. Yeah, sure. Great. Uh, thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here. I've got a pretty extensive restaurant background that kind of led me up to this, um, this role here for the Madera Group. Uh, actually, my grandfather was doing food trucks before they were even called food trucks. Uh, we used to call them the hot trucks because the cold trucks were the, you know, remember the pickup trucks with the silverbacks that used to drive around to construction sites? He had about 500 of those. And uh, we had the, the hot trucks, about 20 of those. And uh, yeah, it was, it was an interesting time. But I grew up in the restaurant business, uh, started working for, um, you know, in the operation side of it. as a, Actually, I started as a dishwasher. Worked my way all the way up to general manager, and then uh, decided to jump onto the technology side. Um, I was working at, in Scottsdale, where uh, P.F. Chang's is headquartered. Um, got into their technology department there, and, uh, and and really just kind of building my career. So I've seen a lot. I've seen um, you know from a startup that didn't really start up, but uh, a lot of mom and pops and independents. I've done uh, regionals, uh, regional chains. And uh, also, I, I worked for some time at Sabaro, which was about 500 different stores across the country. Um, so I've seen a, a wide range of what the industry has. So I'm happy to offer you know any of my insights or anything that I've learned over over the years. You know, uh, you probably know technology is kind of where everything kind of the crossroads, right? Everything kind of comes through the technology thing. So um, I have pretty good. Uh, pretty good knowledge of all parts of the restaurant industry. You know, it's, it's kind of funny to watch the digital transformation. You know, you know, where we started with computers, they're really more for the cash register, more for um, accounting, um, you know, and that's where, you know, the last 10 years were. And as we start to enter this new environment uh, where we're doing everything online from not just the way we order products and, and uh, account for them and then manage the receipts that happen on there. But now we're watching customers really interact with the restaurant uh, through marketing, social media. Uh, we're also seeing them do ordering online, right? The, the new QSR codes, uh, digital menus, uh, being able to give you the, the, make it easier for you to adapt your menu on a daily basis and make it easier for them. You know, I'm, I'm seeing people order from online and pay online, never having a financial transaction where credit cards need to come out now. Uh, how is digital transformation uh, really affecting the Madeira, the Madeira Group? I think it's affecting us pretty amazingly, actually. Uh, you know, we, we used to have uh, kind of what you're alluding to are what we would call digital channels now. 
I actually had a little bit of a uh, discussion about the word online. Do we even need to call it online anymore? Because everyone's pretty much connected all the time anyway. Right. And uh, I always said it kind of kind of sounds a little bit, and I'm not belittling what you're saying, by the way. This yeah, is right, just right. kind of a discussion. But, you know, like, uh, is it AOL? Like, AOL was America Online. It sounds in that kind of like that classic vein, right? So we just call it digital channels now. And, you know, the first digital channels were, yeah, order ahead, right? You just, we, we started to have some websites. Actually, probably you could argue the first one was faxing in your order, right? Uh, but that was it. We had in person, we had, uh, and we had order ahead. Now I'm at a spot where I, I think I counted, you know, about six or seven different digital channels for my group right now and more on the way. Um, so it's really uh, affecting the way that um, we look at the business, it's affecting the way that guests interact with us. Um, I think it's affecting, I think you can see how it's uh, creating new segments in the industry, right? There's virtual kitchens, ghost kitchens, communal kitchens. Uh, one new one I saw, they call them clickbait kitchens because they're just some weird name on Postmates that you don't even know what they are. <laughs> um, but that kind of the method for getting our product into your mouth has changed a lot. Um, you know, and, and different, different companies have different strategies. We are an experiential brand. Um, you know, I think it's very important to, to be there and experience us. Um, we have a couple of different brands, actually. They're, um, uh, we have a fast casual brand called Tokai Organica, which is a modern Mexican vegan-based, actually, restaurant. So it's an opt-in menu, which is very different. So, you know, normally if you're vegan, you have to take stuff out of your menu to make it vegan. We actually start vegan and then you pick your proteins to add in. So it's kind of a, an upside down way of looking at it that people really appreciate. On the other side is a uh, fine dining uh, that was born out of nightclubs. Very experiential, right? It's um, very loud. There's a DJ. Uh, it's more like a, a very big bustling venue with lots of things going on. We have subwoofers all around the building. So it really gives you that kind of that kind of feel. So for Tokaya, you know, it, it's, which is, you know, we have about uh, about 18 of those and more on the way. You know, you walk in and you feel the the music, you, you, you smell and you feel and you hear the music and you see the the build out that we did that we spent, you know, a, a, a put a lot of budget into and we're really paying attention to those details to make these build outs really design forward. And you miss all that. When you go to digital, that kind of all, you know, you don't get that. So how do you kind of relate that to the customer of the digital channels? I think it's probably one of our bigger challenges. No, that's, that's, that's true. I mean, your, your design of your restaurants are amazing. They're beautiful. Some of the most beautiful restaurants. I've been. I think that uh, you guys have done, you've hit that mark where, um, you know, coming in here, you just feel special. The, the, the food translates the design. Uh, it, it's all the way through, you know, um, you've done such a great job of, of taking the creativity of the design work, adding that uh, it, it matches the creativity of the menu. And you're right. How, how do you translate that to the digitals, to the digital world as, as third party, uh, you know, companies come in and, and want to sell your product. How do you translate that? You know, people come in and have experience uh, in your restaurants, uh, but now they decide, Hey, I want to have this this product at home tonight. I love, I love, you know, that product. And I want, I want that, I want that, I'm craving it tonight, but I can't make it to the restaurant. How do you translate that experience to the house? Yeah, it's tough. Not only that, but it's, they're purchasing your product on somebody else's platform a lot of times for delivery, right? So if somebody goes to Uber or Postmates uh, to buy a Tokaya to bring home, it, that's, that customer belongs to those, those companies, those platforms. And so it's, it is difficult. So we have, um, we try everywhere we can. Um, I think, you know, one of the strategies that we've been talking about, and I think is out there in the industry is, you know, having a flagship location 
and then kind of satellites around in your urban, uh, you know, uh, suburban areas. I uh, put a flagship in the kind of dense urban so you can get the first time, really walk in, feel it, see it, hear the music. Um, and then after that, you'll always remember that as you're biting into one of our Baja tacos, you remember that time you walked in. We also have what's kind of, gone, I, I, don't, I don't know if I'd say viral, but we use a, um, a very high quality bag and it's been known, uh, they call it the fashion bag. And uh, you'll see people walking around with them and reusing them to like kind of walk around with them, holding them as if they're like a, a Gucci bag, like they're, they're proud of where they went to. So that when that shows up at your, at your house, uh, I think that adds a lot to it. Uh, we've done uh, QR codes with our Spotify playlist on it. So you can listen to the music that, that we're playing in our restaurants. I've actually tried to do one time. I tried to do it where there was a code. We sent you a code that was the same code. So the driver coming to your house and you could be listening to the same playlist on the way. That didn't quite work out. There's some challenges to that, but that was kind of the ideas that we're kind of trying to come up with. Well, I think that's the fun part about it is, is that, you know, those of us that are embracing this change, right? The, the brands that are out there going, you know, it's, it's, it, I go back to the Uber drivers versus the taxi drivers. You know, there, it, was, yeah. it was amazing. I was in a convention and uh, we were talking about uh, the changes in construction and all the stuff that's happening in development. And the guy, it was 300 people in a room and the, and the, and the speaker called me out. He goes, you know, I, I was talking about how difficult it is to do all this uh, digital stuff in a constructor world. And he goes, look, you want to be an Uber driver or you want to be a taxi driver? How many of those people that did not want to go over to Uber said, there's no way I'm not doing it. I've got my shield. I'm, I've got my taxi. I'm going to do this. How many of those people are employed today? I mean, how many of those companies are successful? Some of them are, are, are making it through, but their transformation uh, you know, their, their, their willingness to convert over and accept what's happening was difficult for a lot of folks. And he was like, do you want to be an Uber driver? You want to be a taxi driver, right? Uh, people that embraced it jumped in and, and uh, are finding some great freedom and they found ways they're not tied to a taxi. They don't have to do it every single day. They can do it in between their lifestyle and the Uber experience just dramatically changed that. You know, the same thing is happening for brands. As we start to look for those, I mean, look, that's the first time I heard Playing your digital playlist while you're eating your takeout food—that right. is, that's 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 awesome. That's the kind of stuff where you're bringing your environment there. The the fashion bags, that experience, you know, that upgraded delivery service. That's not just you know, look. Some people are going to go for the low cost provider. You know, uh, getting getting the McDonald's at home, great, great, it's a great service product, and it's great. But for those that want, hey, tonight we're going to do takeout. But I don't feel like something. Uh, uh, I want something a little bit upgraded. Right. I want, I want my family to know that um, right. I, I, want, I want a little bit extra. And by the way, those Baja tacos, and I cannot <laughs> wait to those Baja tacos. They just make my lips so happy when I eat them. They're, uh, you know, and, and the big good, every part of that is, it's an amazing product. And, you. Uh, you know, how, how do you bring that, bring that to, to my house? And uh, uh, I get to have that experience through the third party provider, you know, translating that message. Uh, I, th I think that's you guys are bridging that gap, and as you know, as we swing that pendulum over there to, to do that, uh, I, I think you're you're hitting it on all spots. Thank you. You actually, so you actually came up with you, you just mentioned a lot of very insightful comments. Um, the Uber and taxi, you know, kind of thing is a great one. I mean, it's really about that 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 is the digital transformation. I can make a lot of analogies like that. So you remember on your cable TV, you just had a guide that you flip through, <laughs> and now it's all suggestions personally tailored to you. And guess where the cable companies are versus Netflix right now, right? Sure. Um, there's there's a, a stat I read that said 68% of consumers in China, 
base their brand preferences on the brand's digital capabilities. That's across the board. That's 68%. And that's, you know, that's that's coming. That's where we're at. I mean, really, people want to have that digital experience. They want it to be seamless. Uh, you know, they want Netflix to show them what they want to watch next. They don't want to flip through a guide and have to decide, you know, uh, on, on that, right? Um, so they, they looking for that. I mean, that's obviously the Amazon you know, metaphor makes sense, right? The suggested for you and what other people are buying or the people that have bought this also like have bought that. Maybe you'd like to do, you know, the... Um, uh, what do you call that? The preferential um, propensity kind of uh, offers, but yeah, it's it's crazy, and you know uh, you do have to lean into it, um, and the guests are leaning into it. You're right. I mean, if you want a premium kind of takeout experience, is it going to cost you more? I mean, yeah, it's going to cost you more, and we're we're seeing the prices for third party deliver delivery go up a lot, um, but people are still doing it. They still want that convenience, and there's still there's still a value proposition there for them. I, I, I for sure am one of, the, one of those buyers, right? I when it comes to uh, online ordering, rarely do I ever compare the cost. For me, it's about availability and the type of food I'm going to get. You know, we're we're bored with what we eat. I uh, yeah. I'm looking for stuff that will stand out. If I can get the Baja tacos, it gets delivered in the right in the in the right in the manner. Uh, it, it comes to something special. Like I just get so bored with eating the same thing over and over again. I want that upgraded experience. And I don't mind paying a few more bucks for it. I don't think I don't think many of us do. I think when it comes to that, now there are times when I'm on a bargain and I'm eating, you know, on a budget, uh, and I appreciate that time too. But on those times where you know it's Friday night, I've had a long week, uh, it's been payday. Maybe I got a little extra in the bank. Uh, I want to yeah. I want to do something special for the for the kids. Uh, you know, and I order uh, that 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 uh, upgraded package. It feels it feels pretty good. Yeah, for sure. I think that's and, and that's the kind of thing that we're seeing. I think we're seeing two things in the in the, in the restaurant industry. I think we're seeing it kind of split to this ultra convenient side, right? It's the <laughs> the 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 third party platforms um, that are just made like, just like I said before, made to get the food in your mouth. Um, and then on the other side, there's this high touch, you know, so the restaurant industry, like in general, it's not, we're not ever not going to have restaurants, not all restaurants are going to be virtual, but the, when you do go out for that experience, you're going to want something that's a lot more high touch. Um, and we've seen, I think we're seeing it right now that people are willing to, to pay for it. You have to, you have to give them that value. They want that value. And that value isn't just how good the food tastes. There's a lot more to the equation. Yeah. If, if I can, if I can deliver those Baja tacos, if I, if I get them delivered, and remember the you know when I sat in your restaurant, that alone right there, it's just like a sensory re- reminder that uh, uh, the experience I had when I sat in that restaurant, uh, the feeling I had in there, the the live atmosphere, the the, the experience experience I had, uh, you know, bringing it there. You know, that, that next piece that you were talking about, that uh, you know, sometimes it's about um, speed to service. You know, mm-hmm. we're working some brands now where you know it used to be Domino's wanted deliveries at. Uh, 30 minutes, right? There, that was a bit, you know, remember we were, you know, 30 minutes or it's free. Remember we, we, we they first came out with that? It was amazing. Oh, yeah. I remember watching my watch when I was a kid. Yeah. 20 minutes. Oh, he's here. Darn it. That's right. That's <laughs> right. It was, it was great. It was, and they, they really set that standard for uh, on time delivery. And today their, their goal is to get down to an eight minute delivery, which is, you know, a really high lofty goal from where they are today. Uh, yeah. You know, being able to get to an eight minute delivery point. And I, I can see in the very near future where delivery vehicles will make pizzas on the way to you, right? You, you can, yeah. Oh, yeah. At least cook them on the way, for sure. Yeah, no, they, they've yeah. got that. Down in Florida, they've got this group of uh, pizza machines, pizza vending machines that make a fresh We're seeing those. Yeah, fresh pizza. 
dough and all, everything right, right there. And, you know, you, you know, I think it's like three to six bucks uh, per pizza. And uh, it takes about three minutes and they make you a fresh baked uh, from, from scratch pizza. And you, know, you can imagine taking that thing, put it on some wheels and delivering pizzas to your house. You know, you can see that in the area, you know, just squint your eyes from where you are today for that happening. And, uh, you know, that's, it's exciting, right? It's, it's exciting. Sometimes I get a little, little nervous. All right, how, how am I going to fit in? How are the groups that we're working with going to adapt to this? Um, you know, where, where's the, where do I take advantage of the opportunity? And I think that's one of the things as we, as this evolution happens, you know, how do we stay flexible? How do we keep looking for the opportunities? How do we embrace uh, the, the meetings with the new technology people uh, to see, all right, this is a great one. I can apply this one to my group. Where's the difference between being on the bleeding edge, right? Where it, sometimes it's frustrating and lose focus and the leading edge, right? How do you know where that balance is? Uh, how are you guys, uh, how are you dealing with that? How are you feeling that out as you're, you're looking? Because a, a lot of times I feel like a, a cat chasing a laser pointer, you know? <laughs> right? Which one am I going to go after? Yeah. Uh, so I always kind of take the fast follower approach, but, um, you know, restaurants in general have always been so far behind on technology. We don't really focus on it. We've always kind of focused on the, the food and the operations uh, and marketing and getting, you know, building sales. It's always been the focus. What you were talking about and, and what I was alluding to earlier are platforms, right? So Domino's is a platform. Domino's is a technology company. I don't classify them as a restaurant company. They're a technology company. They built their business around technology for the purpose of getting their product to you as fast as possible and, 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 you know, take to be your first choice in pizza, basically. Right. Uh, we see that with, you know, the, the third parties that I was talking about, uh, Postmates and Uber platforms, there is a very famous brand out there now. Uh, I, I would think most people know about by now it's called Sweetgreen. Um, and they are a platform. Um, they are, a, you know, they are a restaurant as well, but if you look in the restaurants, uh, even before the pandemic, it was kind of a get in, get out kind of, um, almost like a drive-through experience, even though, you, you know, they did have the, uh, like the Chipotle style kind of look, look at what you're, what they're putting into your bowl as you go along. But their goal all along from the very beginning was a technology focus to, to deliver their product, um, which they believe was a healthier product. So they, their main mission was to get healthier food into the hands of more people. They decided to use technology to do that. So for us, um, you know, it, it's difficult. Uh, we are just now making the decision to uh, really bump up our technology platform. And that it does, you know, it does have a lot to do with the pandemic. I think it started to open some people's eyes to it. Um, you know, if you look across all industries and all sectors, you know, marketing and tech and sales always, almost always are kind of an equal. So what we want to do is kind of get to that kind of level where we actually start really making some investments in technology. With that said, we're still not going to be able to do what Sweetgreen's doing, and we're still not going to be able to do by any means what Domino's doing. But what we want to do is pay attention to what the guests' expectations are and how they want to interact with those brands. Um, we're going to let them train the brand, the consumers on some some level, right? We're going to let them kind of figure out how to do things. You know, guests just got trained on how to do curbside pickup, even though you know TGA Fridays and Applebee's had those to-go windows. You know, Chili's had that. You know, we'll crush your car if you park here sides sides of the the business. <laughs> But, you know, they're just now getting trained on how to do curbside. So we've, we actually are training them on how to do QR code ordering at the table. That's something that's new for guests. Um, that's probably the closest that I've gotten to uh, kind of cutting edge. 
Um, it, it certainly is not easy and it's certainly a challenge. You know, we want to keep up and we want to remain competitive. And like I said, if people are going to make their choices based on your digital capabilities, then, you know, I think restaurant brands everywhere need to start making investments in that. And there are that do. There's plenty that do. You know, uh, Chipotle does. Uh, Kava does. There's plenty of brands out there that do. Um, it gets harder and harder the kind of the, you know, when you get into the SMB space. But I think we're all starting to wake up. You know, it's pretty cool. Let me ask you, on the, on the ordering side, on the accounting side, obviously all that stuff's uh, being affected. But on the actual equipment side, how is that? Uh, are, are you seeing technology upgrades there where uh, the, the equipment that the uh, kitchen's using uh, integrate with technology? How is that impacting the kitchen? I'm seeing that everywhere. I, I, it's To be 100% honest, we're, we haven't really needed that or focused on that for us yet. Um, I think it is coming. And I think there's simple things you can do. Um, you know, if you had a internet connected fryer that told you or alerted somebody when the oil temperature got too low, that's a pretty easy example to kind of think about, right? Because when the oil temperature gets too low, you start getting soggy, you know, soggy product coming out of it, it really affects your food quality. It's an important thing. And that's just something that, you know, IOT can really do for you. Um, and you can go all the way up to uh, Flippy, the burger flipping robot, right? There's there's a, a robot out there that just, that will actually prepare and make sure that your product is coming out at the right uh, temperature every time. You could literally get, take this to packaging, right? Amazon style uh, distribution where things are being put in bags and sent and on the conveyor belts out to the drive-through uh, kind of thing. I, I, I'm 100% convinced that is happening. Um, again, we're a little bit late and we're a little bit slow and, you know, we're going to, we're going to adapt those things as they become more accessible, as they become cheaper, um, as labor goes up, right? There's that part of the equation as well. Uh, you have to save the labor by doing that, but you know, that, that transformation is happening. You know, that sweet green experience I talked about, that's the front line, right? And the back line, there's another one that's just for digital orders. Um, there's a few brands that are doing this. I think you, didn't you build some Chipotle's that have these, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's like a digital order line. It's just like, you're, you're gonna, you're gonna start seeing your kitchens kind of slowly migrate towards a, a digital focus. And what does that mean? Uh, it will mean automation, uh, for sure. You know, the, um, stuff that I, I, I'm excited about, you know, the digital make line, uh, the predictive software that helps the kitchen understand what products they should be prepping for. Uh, you know, yeah. based on sales volumes and expectations. I mean, now they're integrating weather and sporting yeah. events, uh, the predictive technologies that are coming by to help a kitchen manager decide what orders they need to put in, uh, what kind of products they need to be putting out there. It's, ama it, it's amazing. So now you're talking about data. So now you're talking about the data that's available to us now, really, is what you're getting to. So we do have a uh, kitchen screen. We, we It is a kitchen automation screen. You know, we don't use, uh, you know, you went from hard checks to uh, printers, you know, we I, I used to wake up in the middle of the night thinking of that sound the printers are making, you know, oh my God, I gotta make something. But um, now we have screens and those screens are have a lot of data, right? They, we know every touch point on that order, when it was put in, uh, when, actually when that was started, how long till it was sent to the kitchen, when it was paid for, how long till the cook started cooking it, how long till the cook finished cooking it, how long till it went off the expo station. That you can think about almost like your Domino's pizza tracker, right? We know everything along that, that trail along that uh, roadmap or timeline uh, to get to uh, how long it takes. So now we have data there. And that data, as you mentioned, is very powerful. You can start seeing things like, uh, you know, when when this guy's on shift, my speed of service goes up just a, a couple of seconds, you know, or, or when this guy is, you know, this guy might need some help because it's going uh, longer a couple of seconds than, than everyone else on the company average. We're gonna be able to, uh, one of the first things that I'm gonna try to do is 
when it gets bumped out of the kitchen, I want to alert the guests that their food's ready and it's coming out to them. That's my the kind of next on my roadmap. Um, but we have that kind of data already, and that's really important. And that data can really improve operational efficiencies like like crazy. Like you said, uh, all sorts of things. Uh, you know, whether you know how to staff when you're slower, or, or like you said, how much to prep. Um, there's a technology that Sweetgreen's using called Pacer, and it's just a screen in the kitchen that tells you, hey, you're about to start getting busy and you're doing a little bit too slow, and it gamifies it for the cooks to where they're they're actually like, oh crap, I started going to start getting going because I'm, you know, there's there's a rush coming, or you know that kind of stuff, and and um, that kind of uh, data is that's really going to transform us. So we talk about digital transformation as you know the guest experience, the the you know the cable guide versus Netflix experience, but really the data side of it is really going to start changing things and really enable the businesses to be a lot more efficient. You know, there's an Italian restaurant right down the street here. I was having dinner with them the other night, and uh, they were going through. How, on Tuesday nights, they have $5 pizzas and right. uh, uh, they get this massive rush. Well, they now can predict uh, how much of a rush they're going to have. Uh, they get prepped for it. They make the shells and kind of get the uh, get, get certain parts of the product ready for it. So in, in the middle of their rush, their, their ticket times drop instead of raise because of, you know, <laughs> they're just anticipating the, you know, and they're, they're able to shift their team to be able to get that. And, you know, now, you, you know, can, you can just imagine, you know, being a guest in a, in a, in a uh, restaurant where that's not taking place. All of a sudden, you know, 25 to, you know, uh, delivery orders come in and you're the only guest in the, in the restaurant and you're behind 25 tickets and you're looking at going, I'm not sure why it's taking so long. And you got a group of kids at the table. That's where the conversation I have. But I had a group of kids at the table. My, my kids were there. I'm like, well, how are you dealing with this? He goes, that came out, my order came out amazingly fast. On, on that on the name he goes uh, this is how we do it and uh, uh, you know making sure that they understand the strategies uh, for that and you, you, you that part you were talking about knowing where an order is at I, I think that's a, a, a big part of it for the guest experience you're over there you're not knowing is it five more minutes or is it three more minutes you know for me I always go to the bathroom as soon as the food's about to come out right if I if you kind of knew that you can see see that. Uh, you know, my mother, she's a smoker. She always goes and smokes right before. Now we're sitting on the table waiting for her to get back. Yeah, it, you know, this, this is one of the most complicated businesses I, I, I can imagine. I mean, it really is. It's, uh, we've all heard that phrase saying that, you know, 80% of restaurants fail in the first year or whatever. And I think it's because people underestimate how complicated this is. You're talking about supply chain. You're talking about production. We're talking about sales and digital transformation. All these things that have to happen. And then when it comes down to it, the guests that we're interfacing with are are in a bad, hangry mood when they start with it. So you you are really facing an uphill challenge with our, with your with your customers from the get go, right? They're coming to you. They're hungry, and and they're on. You know, they're just like, I need food. I'm I'm hungry. I you know I want to get your product. And if there's any little hiccups along the way. Um, they just kind of expound, you know, get exponentially bigger and, and turn into bigger and bigger problems. So to be able to manage all of those little details, every single little detail along that roadmap, along that pizza tracker, and then also let them know about it. I mean, these are things that are just uh, that, that the industry is really super challenged with. And I think data is really going to be the next enabler for us. Um, it's starting to, you know, be to just drive our, our daily lives and drive businesses everywhere. 
um, and, and restaurants are starting to wake up to it. The bigger chains are starting to really, really understand how to leverage it. All right. So look, we're going to get data. You and I had this, this is a great conversation. I, I love where it's going. But before I get, before that we run out of time, I, I got to know, where do the names of your restaurants come from? They're, they're, they they got some of the coolest names and what do they mean? Where do they come from? Yeah. So um, the guys came from nightclubs, as I said, and they were out there trying to, uh, to come up with something else to do at night besides go to clubs, you know? So that's why they decided to open a late night restaurant that they, that they wanted to go to. I don't know the name of the origin story of where they came up with it, but it's called Toca Madera. Um, I'm going to ask them and I'll get, I'll, I'll email you when I find out the origin story, but um, awesome. Toca Madera means touch wood. It's basically the Spanish version of saying knock on wood. So for good luck, kind of a, kind of a thing. Yeah. Then, you know, Toca was a huge success. Um, they were just, just killing it on, on all fronts. It was something that the city really needed and, and they really loved that idea of being able to go out and get that experience, but also dying. Um, so, you know, the guys were like, what are we going to do next? And they were really focused on healthy eating and a kind of a, an, an all day, you know, I can eat this every day, all day kind of a thing and still feel good and, you know, clean, healthy, uh, vegan forward kind of option. They ordered about, I think they said 10 or 15 whiteboards and they went up to one of the founder's house. They put them all over the walls in the room and they just started ideating this. And uh, the name they came up with was Tokaya and Tokaya means namesake. So it's, it's kind of like a, you know, a little play on, you know, Toka and now there's Tokaya. Tokaya is like kind of the little sister. Uh, it's the namesake of Tokaya and it's, you know, kind of a, a smaller version that's not nightclubby. It's not a venue. It's more of a, an everyday, all day kind of thing. And we're just taking that along. You know, we've got uh, in London, we have a, one called the Treehouse, the Madeira, uh, Treehouse at Madeira. Uh, we have a, a new one coming up called Casa Madeira, which is going to be a more coastal beachy kind of vibe to it. Um, and it just kind of just somehow just lends itself to these kind of all these creative uh, uh, naming conventions and design aspects that are really like people really attached to. You are really a fun guest to have on and your experience with the, with the digital transformation of restaurants is, is awesome. Uh, I love tapping into you and anytime I can get you on the show, I'd love to have you on some more uh, in the future. If you want to get a hold of you, Justin, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn. That's a really easy way to find me. Um, you can just search for my name, Justin Keenan. Uh, it's really easy. It's a public profile and uh, reach out. I'd love, to, I'd love to talk about this. I mean, this is what I do. It's my bread and butter, but it's just fun to talk about it and to explore the possibilities. It's, it's great. It's great having you on. I'll put a link to it down, uh, down below. And um, as always, I am grateful to have you on. Uh, your conversations are really are insightful and in where the business is going. Uh, thanks, thanks again for, for being on the show. Oh, thank you. I was happy to do it. Thanks for joining us. My name is Anthony Montegi. Always looking for people to bring insight into the industry, finding ways to inspire people to have amazing careers in the development world. If you liked our podcast, make sure you hit the subscribe button down below. If you really liked our podcast, make sure you hit the little bell. Thanks again for listening. Please share with your friends.